Welcome back, Sports to the Max, News Talk 830 WCCO. Had a great interview, a great piece last night on Channel 4 with Brianna Scurry. Great, uh, she's a soccer goalie at Anoka, four-sport athlete. And I did a story with her in 1989, 33 years ago. And she came over to CCO TV yesterday to see me. We went upstairs and reminisced. It was really fun. And she talked about her life, um, which is different than I thought. I mean, I thought I knew, you know, she'd won two gold medals and a World Cup and all those things. And then, you know, she was telling me what it was like to be the first openly gay player on the national team. And and then after she she got a concussion in 2010, and she went off the grid for a while. I didn't realize this. And financially, she was in a bad place. Uh, but the, the concussion led to depression and anxiety uh, to the point where she, she was at the top of a falls looking, deciding whether or not she wanted to jump, and she knew she couldn't swim. And uh, how she came out of that, and there was a surgery involved, and, uh, uh, and, and her mother, the motivation of her mother, uh, but it was just a, it was a great time to spend with her. She's going to join us on, on Sunday. Pete Nigerian and I will have her on. And, uh, and you're going to want to listen to it because it's a really interesting life story uh, as to what's uh, what's happened in her life and how she handled it all. Rich Gannon's going to join us as well on Sunday. And then Pete and I will have a lot to talk about with this USC UCLA thing, Tubbsy. I, I just I can't even I can't get my arms around anything in college sports anymore mm. because it's tilted so close to professional now in terms of the way they're building it, but. USC and, and UCLA in the Big Ten, yeah, it, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. It, it does, but it doesn't. Yeah, it, it it does because of the money, and it does because of the the TV footprint. And now you think about it geographically, the Big Ten, which historically, and I mean, I'm going back before they added Penn State. Historically, they are a Midwest to an upper. Midwest yep. conference. Three yards and a cut at us. Yes. Welcome and, to Big Ten football. And now they have added the two biggest Cache media Hollywood. They, they've added New York. Okay, let me, let me ask you this question. Yes. yes. If, if you're P.J. Fleck and they call you to say, hey, P.J., um, assuming you're going to be here for a while, mm-hmm. uh, we're adding UCLA and USC. Does that excite you because you go, hey, we can recruit in those areas now because we're in the same conference and our school will get more money? Or do you say... Are you kidding me? It's tough enough trying to beat Iowa. How, how, how am I going to compete with USC in the NIL world? Well, I think when you're talking about the NIL and you know the, the extra money that goes with it, I think if you're the Gophers, this sucks. It absolutely sucks because you're going to compete against somebody that's got it. You abso- don't. Absolutely. I, I mean, Maxie, I was out in Los Angeles a couple of weeks ago, and we went by – UCLA's campus. Is it the most gorgeous thing you've ever seen? I got to tell you, it's not like you're going past Dinky Town. In fact, I'm amazed that they don't win more and more. When you walk on that campus, I'm, away, I'm amazed they ever lose a recruit that goes. Aren't you? Unbelievable. You're just. You walk on that campus, and you go, how do you ever lose anybody? I mean, you are across the street from Bel Air. Right. That is where you that is where the campus is and at. And it is plush green. Oh, and the man. buildings are pristine and we did I went up there and did an interview with John Wooden and he lives not far the Wizard of Westwood mm-hmm. obviously. And, and and to to help support the story we went out and walked the campus to get some shots of, you know, uh, he wasn't with us, but you know the arena. Oh, and, get and, the know. B-roll, yeah. And I just was taken. I never had thought about UCLA and what it looked like on campus. It mm-hmm. it is gorgeous. It, it it absolutely is and and I mean, you've got if if you're talking about a lot of the restrictions on collegiate athletes are going to be removed, 
you think about the exposure, think about the endorsements, think about, you know, it, it's not, there, there's so much more what? at stake than, than just coaching in terms of like, no, being, I mean, now you got to think about all of it. And, and by the way, if you want to, if you want to hone in, is this a good thing for the University of Minnesota, USC and UCLA joining at 651-461-9226, 651-461-9226. You can call or text us. You, you How know, does this strike you from a gopher? Go for fan standpoint. Anyway, me, you were saying. Yeah, well, well, call me crazy about the actual on-the-field stuff, Maxie. I don't think that USC and UCLA at this point are a particular threat in terms of wins and losses. I think the more of the concern for Minnesota and a lot of the other teams. I mean, let's be frank. You've got these two starlets that are coming in. And, I mean, it's the good-looking guy that's going to steal the girl. All of a sudden, you're kind of a decent-looking friend at the bar. You used to be the good-looking guy at the bar. All of a sudden... A little harder to be standing out little, at the bar. Yeah, it's yeah. a little harder to attract yeah. a good-looking girl. You're, you're going to you're gonna have to use your charm and everything you got, right? A- ab- absolutely. This is where... The row of the boat comes but in, But right? that, does that make you a better – because, okay, so you say, okay, yeah, you got UCLA, USC, and over here we got Penn State and Michigan and Ohio State. We know that. Yeah. But does that also give us a better calling card when we're out there recruiting? So actually, uh, pardon the row of the boat, but but the tide raises for everybody in the boat because you say, when I go down to Texas or Arizona, wherever it is, mm-hmm. I'm recruiting to uh, the most prestigious college uh, conference in the history of the world. But you you have got all the other teams that can stay the same. You got and it's Ohio, a lot of teams now. Ohio State, Rutgers can say the same, say the same thing. But yeah, every team in that conference now can stake that claim. So, what is it about Minnesota that you can that you can push? Because you're going to have to push to me, Maxie. I, I don't know if you feel the same way, or if anybody else out there feels the same way. You got to push the intangibles. If you're Minnesota, I think it's flat out. You push the walleye experience. That's what you cannot catch a walleye in LA, <laughs> or at least that I know of. If it is, it's a stock pond. <laughs> and, and Wisconsin has some, but it's not the same. You have, you and, have and all I of don't that. hear We've much about it from Illinois. <laughs> I think you push the walleye experience. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's some guiding opportunities and whatnot, you know, and half day rates that you can maybe get a deal on now <laughs> with the NIL. I mean, things like that that you yeah. cannot do in LA. Well, I, I mean, let's just go with the pull tabs and the meat raffles. Pull I mean, tabs th- and the meat raffles. Think about yeah. every. I mean, you you can't win pull tabs in in L.A. I mean, you can't. No. You, you can't win a meat raffle in L.A. You can no. you you can do it here, you know. And maybe somebody will get you twenty dollars worth of pull tabs. But but, but can, I mean, um, and and these are all semantics because they'll work this out with the with the money. But I mean, I, I would imagine the Big Ten Network on a Saturday oh. is going to start at. Saturday morning, 11 a.m., we'll All be day. at Penn State. Then at 2, we're at Purdue. Then at mm-hmm. 5, we're at uh, Illinois uh, or Minnesota. And then at 7.30, and then if we want, we'll go 10.30, uh, 8.30 start in, in, in at USC. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and think you, about that. You, you've got everything. Plus, you think about it now, you had this alliance, right, with the ACC and you know the, the Big East. And all of a sudden, you got this Big Ten. Uh you oh, know, I forgot it, about the alliance. Yeah, that, that alliance. I mean, what does that do to that? Because now you're trying to compete in terms of, I think, size and footprint with the SEC. 
But you know what you're heading towards here? You're heading towards the Power Five is the NFL, right? It's just, yes, it's just a, you know, this is where hey, it's here's going the Power Five. Here's the, here's the Power Five schools. We really don't give a damn what you do with, with a lot of your programs. We no. just want football and basketball. And your schedule will be the same way we do with the NBA and the NFL. And there's fewer games. Yeah. But, you know, you're going to go to Texas one week. Then you're going to go to Arizona State. Then you're going to go to – and you're just going to have a schedule. That, that, that's yeah. amongst the power five schools. Yeah, that's that, that's all. And, and we've been heading this way for, yeah. there'll be for no, a, there's for no, a decade. There's no real need for conferences. The power five teams no. can play and determine a national championship, and and they can live in the in the uh, you know the house of thrones, so to speak. They they get to live in the palace. Yeah, and and think about you know what this does to the smaller you know the, the Sun Belt or the Mountain West well, well, or things but, like that. It, but and they get killed on two fronts. They get killed because they're going to get. Ninched out, but number two is those great players that develop those diamonds in the rough. Mm-hmm. Guess where they're going if they're really, really good after their sophomore year? Yeah, to somebody in the Power Five that needs and, somebody that's that good, right? Absolutely. And, and I mean, the NCAA at this point, I, I think they've been. I mean, they they, they got to feel like they are whipped. I they're, mean, they're you know, what are you going to do? They're, you they're, have you have authority over what? They're they're done. I, I to me. They've had their head in the sand too long with this whole amateur status thing. You've been pushing the amateur status stuff for so long. And somebody's making a lot of money. Yeah. Who is it that's making the money? I mean, you could not even make a video game. We're also finding out how much money there is. Oh, there's a ton of money out there that nobody really wants. Because we hear about the dirty money, right? You you hear about the... You know, the $50 handshakes, things like that. You hear about a bunch of that stuff that happened. Now it can be out in the open. And, And to me, it's like... It's changing, and I think Joe Maturi put it best. It's like some of the old guard. It's going to be hard for them to wrap their head around it, but the bottom line is everything in life is an evolution, and this is part of the evolution of college sports. Whether or yeah, not we, we just like didn't it. think it would evolve this quickly. Yeah, and, and I mean, in, what it, into this? But you know, here's the other part of that. Yeah, I was talking to so many people about this recently. So, so you're talking about the dirty money, and and some people say, well, this eliminates the dirty money because the money's now on the table instead of under the table, right? Well, technically. You cannot guarantee a kid money through the NIL. They have to first enroll at your school before mm-hmm. they can pursue an NIL deal, okay? Okay. So so technically, all you can do is offer them a spot on, you know, a scholarship through the transfer portal. Okay. All right? Okay. Do you think these teams are saying to – do you think if the kid asks, well, how much money do you think I can make? You think they're saying, boy, we have no idea. First, we need to get you on campus. Or do you think they're saying, you know what? Uh, you're looking at twenty five grand a month, and and I know I've got a Mercedes dealer here that, that'll yeah. kick in the car. Which one do you think they're doing? Yeah, because I, I can I, tell you what I'm hearing. Yeah, I, and I could almost guess that it's probably going to be the same option that you, I'm thinking of. Yeah, probably option be, be, B. Because the kid's going to say, you know, this other school that I talked to said that I can make thirty grand a month, and and and, and uh, do you know what I can make here? Well, we can't we can't give you a definite figure, but. The last guy we, we made uh, twenty eight sure. grand a yeah. month, and plus we've got this car dealer, and uh, it looks like next spring where there's a new popcorn. Oh, we can give you the town. opportunity. We can give you the opportunity. Yeah, to and make- what you do with it is up to you. I, I mean, you, know, you you give them that open ended, but but this that's not ceiling. good enough for the kid because the kid does. Kids got somebody else telling them. Well, I'm telling you, thirty grand a month or twenty grand a month. Now again, we're talking basketball and football. Now the other piece to this, uh, Chris, is I, I think a lot of kids are going to be disappointed. Because oh, the, yeah. the market is for the high end, and that's yes. it. Not everybody. You can't high end. do much for me as as a as a backup on the tennis team. You just can't. 
Yes. Appreciate that you work hard. Uh, I, I, you're a good quarter miler. I get that. Uh, you're honorable mention, Big Ten. I get that. But you're probably not going to sell my product very well, and, and I don't know that I can attract many people for an autograph. And, and, and that's where the non-revenue athletes, I feel, are going to be greatly overlooked and squeezed out. And I feel I'm a big believer, Maxie, because I've done U of M baseball and, and you know women's basketball years ago and volleyball. So. I've, I've seen the non-revenue sports, and I know how they get overlooked, and you know how they get overlooked. And we're talking about all the benefits and all the money, but yeah, the, the rowing, the, the volleyball, the softball, the tennis, gymnastics, what, whatever. These kids, even though they're just as deserving, they don't have that high-profile platform. Right, and, and, so and that, you know, that, that's, not, that, that's a pretty good lesson for life, too, though. You know, when you get out, you mm-hmm. can say, well, I work just as hard as that guy. Well, he makes a lot more money. Why? Because he creates more money. Absolutely. And it's just the way it is. See, I, I know you work harder than he does. I know all that, but he creates more money. Supply he creates and more value we, we than know. you do. Yeah. And that's not a bad lesson for them to learn, except that they could get um, – the way, way this is heading, they could get excommunicated, so to speak. And they just say, you guys are on your own. We can't afford to be financing you because we're competing now for money against USC, UCLA, and we need all of our resources, and we're going to get rich off this. But I'm sorry, but you're going to have to figure it out. They're going to prioritize football. Men's basketball and whatever okay. are their highest revenue. Do groups? you think though that at some point in time when you go to a game, if if it's the if, if it's the Gophers against Ohio State and you know they're all getting paid big money, does that change to you the spirit of walking down University Avenue with a pep band? Does that make it different to you? I don't think. At the end of the day, I think fans just want to see their team win. I think you're right. They just I, want to be entertained, and they don't they don't care. Like okay, they got enough stuff going on in their life. Without yeah, I, I I mean, we talk about all the extraneous stuff with sports and the contract, yes. and this and that. But and, at the end of the day, are we looking at Carlos Correa thinking, "Oh man, he's making thirty plus million dollars a year"? Or we, yeah, once or, in a while we might say that when he makes an error like today. But in general, you're just saying, yeah. "I want to see this guy hit." And, and I think we're going to think the same thing with college kids. It's like okay. I don't know what I don't know what the right tackle for the Gophers is going to make. Yeah, and I'm really not that interested. I'm not that interested. It's my Saturday afternoon, and, and I want to come out here and watch a football game and, and feel something. Just just win win a game. Win a game. That's all they just want. Win a game. All right, all right. We're on the same page, Tubbsy. Take a break. Come back. It's back. It's back in a big way, and it's not good. Stay with us. Downtown Minneapolis is a strange and evolving configuration. It's eclectic. I've learned to embrace it for all of its uh, – the fact that it's flawed gives its character. The fact that there's there's people that, that are on completely you – know, you get the CEO of Target that, that, that offices down here makes, what, 70-some million a year or whatever it is. And you get homeless people that, that, that stand at the foot of his corporation, his building that he probably walks out of. Well, he probably goes right to the – basement and the limo, whatever it is that takes him. But the point is, they're that close in proximity. And, and you have companies that, uh, you know, lawyers and financial people, and, and you've got people begging for a dollar bill and their next meal on the same block. And I used to, to fight that and find it strange. And now I kind of invite it and welcome it and say, this is, this is good because it is symbolic of, of the melting pot that is Minnesota and America to an extent. And if you can embrace it all and appreciate it all, um, that's a lot better than fighting it. I, I used to think we got to make this place perfect and pristine and all that. I don't think that anymore. Um, I, I really enjoy my conversations with the homeless and the uh, people that are struggling because I learn from them. And, and, and 
um, from a faith standpoint, I, I, I believe God loves them as much as he loves me. And so I, it's, it's humbling and it's, it's important to see that. At the same time, the city of Minneapolis is a difficult place to embrace sometimes, to support, to believe in. And um, one of the things that they, they're doing now is they brought it back in about five minutes. Is I mean, they are all over you to give you a ticket for parking downtown if your meter is expired or if they can tow you because you're in the wrong zone for a certain time. And uh, Tubbsy, you, you think I, I just paid one today? You gave forty six bucks. I had one for seventy five bucks last week. Yeah, and you think you, you yours might have run out before you could refill it on the app, huh? Yeah, I because where I park here, Maxie, I like to park where I can see my car. Yeah, just out of habit. Uh, but I've got the the Minneapolis parking app, and what I do is I have it, you know, connected to my credit card. I'll you know, I'll, I'll I'll pay for the amount of time that I'm going to be here. This is a common thing right now for people. Yep. Yeah, and it just so happens that because I'm working, that I can't sometimes. You know, I'm, I'm on my you phone. forget. I'm doing different things, yep. so it's not like I'm I, I can monitor. You know, it's correct. Like, I get it. Yep. So yeah, I, I went. Uh, I printed something out while you were doing. You a, did. An interview. Yep. And I look and I saw the reflection on my car, and I'm like, you got to be. F- freaking kidding me i'm like you got to be freaking kidding me so i looked and it's it's like it looked like it was a, a ticket, ticket. We're, we're all familiar with the reflection we yeah so through. and i kind of tried to look at it again yeah uh but i yeah i, th- I think i got a ticket because yeah. i missed it by maybe like three or four minutes but it's like the, here's what gets me i'm sure they were sitting there waiting knowing that you're going to expire so they could give you a ticket how about inviting people to a downtown that has been through so much and that you need to give a boost to? How, how about being lenient instead of being hardcore? It's almost as if uh, Fry, uh, Small Fry, wants to 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 engage the people so that, that he can use this as a, a surplus for himself or something like that. I don't know. But why don't you do something that's inviting to people to come if you're going to build downtown I mean, it, instead it, it, of it, making it a, a source of frustration, disappointment, and resentment? I, and listen, I love downtown Minneapolis. Like w- when we moved back downtown Minneapolis, I was ecstatic to come down here because when I lived in the cities before, like I I knew how much how, how much good there was down here. But when I just when I have to constantly monitor, my, that's my point. Minutes, I like, love downtown too, but I, I so, shouldn't it's feel so frustrating. like I'm getting the shakedown every time I come here. Yeah, it, it, it's like. I couldn't even tell you how much. I shouldn't feel like I'm being hunted all the time. No, I, I, and I mean, look, there are some times when I make a mistake, I'll own it. I, will, I get I, it, man. I, I, I but I'm talking about it. where tow trucks are waiting for the bell to toll four o'clock so that automatically somebody in a park, no parking zone, they can tow away. I find that to be vulturous. I find that to be egregious. I find that to be um, – Demoralizing, and I find that to be every reason to stay out in the suburbs and not come downtown. Yeah, and I just went and checked. At this point, if it's there, I'm just going to leave it there. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to go anywhere. No, I, it's like fine. I, I'm if you need Own the 40, if you need the forty five dollars more than I do. It's my daughter's twelfth birthday. Yeah, it's not like yeah. she needs the money. No, it's not no, like I need no, the money no, to spend no, on my man. Yeah. So you know what? You have that. You can have my money. By the way, you write the check and it goes to Wilmer. I know. I mean, can they not even process something here in Minneapolis? Yeah. Can't find a company in Minneapolis. You send a check, it goes to Wilmer. <laughs> I paid so many parking tickets. I have too. That, that I've got it auto-populated, like in my in, yeah. in, in my address bar. It's like I, I put 
statemn.gov. And then it's like, yep, backslash fines. I'm like, I, I've, got it. It, I've got it bookmarked. I do too. And it's, uh, I'm sad about that, but it's, and it's, and then you say, okay, if you're going to do that to me, what am I getting for my services? Well, you got most of your restaurants are closed down in downtown. Uh, you've got pot smoking going on everywhere and all these things. So, so the services I'm getting in return, um, you should be ashamed of. And, and they're not. And, 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 and I'm like you. I love downtown and I mm-hmm. embrace downtown. But it's the politicians that I'm talking about that make it difficult to do downtown. Know what I'm saying? Just I, – <laughs> I don't want to have to look over my shoulder all the time. Day. I'm already going to pay an excise tax for anything I buy down here. You know, I, I don't mind paying the tax, but it's like, I, 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 I mean, there were t- one time, Maxie guy was out there and I like literally felt like I was on the show parking boards where I'm like, I just paid it. Yes. I just paid it. Yes. I just paid it. I had to show him. He's like, oh yeah, if you're paying, it'll freeze whatever. And I'm like, I just paid it. And it's just, it's, it's so. Now, how do you recommend that to somebody to say, hey, y'all, come downtown. This is the place you want to be. Uh, and, I, and like I said, I'm with you. I love downtown. I embrace downtown. But the politicians need to change their mindset. You can't gouge people, particularly with the way you've presented downtown over the last several years. I mean, if all you, I'm saying, period. You got to give people a chance to Give park. them a chance to want to be here. Ron Larson, we come back. A shot clock in, in Minnesota for high school teams. What the heck does that mean? Stay with us. Joining us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, the one and only Ron Larson, retired at uh, Noka Ramsey Community College and is still active. I was out there the other night. They had this Minnesota showcase through the breakdown sports with Justin Hegna, and they had some of the top teams from Minnesota playing each other. Here's the caveat. There was a shot clock. They played at Noka Ramsey because they've already got a shot clock in place. And and they were able to experiment with this because it will become rule here in the next couple of years. Uh, but they wanted to see how it played with the Minnesota teams. And I think the teams were, were, were wanted to embrace it as well and see what it felt like. And and Ron was there for a duration from uh, from morning until, until late at night. He got to see some of the best talent in Minnesota. And he joins us now. Ron, thank you for joining us. Hey, appreciate it, Maxie. Yeah, it was a fun night. We we had three courts going at one time and, and uh, all with shot clocks and all with the uh, uh, three officials, and we played uh, regulation games, which was I think the kids enjoyed, the coaches enjoyed, because so much of summer basketball is playing in tournaments where you've got two 20-minute running halves, and and the, and the guys just seem to all the, all the players involved seem to enjoy a real game for that matter with with the shot clock. So, so what was your takeaway? Uh, it's 35 second shot clock. What was your takeaway? How how is this going to work? Is it going to be easy for teams to adapt? What's it going to be? Well, I watched the whole day, and I didn't see any any issues at all. You know, in, in terms of people rushing shots, they they were aware of it. Uh, to be very honest, the shot clock hardly ever goes off in a game, for that no. matter, because everybody's aware of the fact that that you've got to get that shot up, and you've got to get try to get a decent shot within thirty five seconds. And so it isn't like you're rushing to get a shot, but but you know, the last ten seconds of that shot clock, you better have some preparation. Uh, where you're going to, you know, run a special play, you know, whether it be a ball screen or a, a double stagger or get the ball inside, whatever it might be. And and I, I just thought the, that that the coaches and the kids really adjusted well to having that there. Yeah, and and uh, you know, part of it was these are high end teams, and so they expect to play well and play fast and all those things. Maybe it'll come into more play if there's somebody that's just a big underdog and they wanted to slow it down. They're not going to have many options, are they? Well, they're not going to have many options, but but the the point is that that uh, 
you know, people overlook the fact they always think that the shot clock is there to create action, which which is the intent of the whole thing. But on the other hand, uh, you know, I, I think it's a great motivator for, for uh, you to, as a defensive coach even, to say hey, to, to your guys, hey, we only have to play defense for 35 seconds. Yep. I mean, how many times have you been, have you observed the game yourself where, gosh sakes, you know, the guy, the kids are playing defense for 45, 50, a minute and a half, you know, no, no, <laughs> Teams are running their motion offense, and yeah. and sometimes it doesn't look like they're even looking to score. But but that means the defense breaks down too. Whereas uh, this allows you to just motivate your kids to say, "Get after it, man! We're gonna we're gonna get the ball back in in, in thirty five seconds or less, for that matter." Yeah, and, and so that's I, another but, factor. But, that but that's and that's kind of the way basketball is meant to be played, right? Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, let's go, let's play, let's get. You know, we we came out here when, when it used, especially it was thirty-two minutes in, in high school games. If a team sat on it, and reduced it to a twenty-seven-minute game. Number one, uh, it, it it sucked the life out of the game. But number two, uh, one of the things you want in in high school sports is heavy participation. Well, it's pretty hard to have much of a rotation if if the game is really reduced to twenty-seven or twenty-eight minutes. It's pretty hard to get a lot of kids in the game. Well, and you know, one another thing we did change was several years back. Just to, you know, is we increased it to two eighteen and a half. Minnesota is yeah. unique in that we're the only state in the nation that has two eighteen minutes. Is that right? So the only one in the nation. The only one in the nation. So we're real similar to we're really similar to college basketball in the sense that there's there's two twenty minute halves, and that was something that we adopted many, many, many years ago in Minnesota just, just because the game was in one hour. You were done in an hour. An hour, yep. 32-minute game. Yep, four eight-minute so, quarters, uh, yep. Yeah, you know, hey, you can't even eat your bag of popcorn. No! So, so that being said, uh, so so this is not unique. The, you know, the shot clock was designed, in, and nobody even talks about this, but the Lakers were the ones that even are the reason why we even have a shot clock in the NBA because George Mike and Mike. the Gophers were using stalling techniques. And so the NBA adopted the shot clock in 1954 to, to not only increase scoring, but to reduce the stalling tactics that were taking place, uh, particularly with the, with the, with the, with the Lakers. Well, then they widened then the lane for Mike and two, right? So, so the three seconds in the lane became prevalent because uh, they, they thought he could play too close to the basket for too long. Well, yeah, that's the old key, you know, was the yeah. narrower lane. That's why they call it the key. And, key, yep. And, and the colleges, the colleges figured out that, geez, this is a pretty good deal. So in 1985, they actually adopted a 45-second shot clock. But coincidentally, but ironically, the women's college game, even back in Title IX days, 70-71, they already had the shot clock. So, so it was women's college second, and then the college men's college in 1985, and finally in 1993. You know, the, the, it became a 35-second men's clock, and now it's you know it's, it's it's even been reduced to 30 seconds for both men and women now. So it, 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 again, it's you know we don't have to listen to the fans now yelling to to the teams play the game. You know how that yeah. goes because kids if people are holding the ball. That's what the yell or shoot the ball. Yep. Well, I don't know how many games I've been at where you just been bored to death because yep. of that situation. Yep. Now, granted, there's some critics to the whole thing too, and that's just normal. But I, I just think people are going to love it because. It's been done in many, many other states for years, and uh, and uh, now you know half the country is is actually uh, have it using shot clocks. Now, also back in the day, Ron, it used to be that you couldn't practice as a team. That if you if you played in a in a league, you could only have three players from uh, uh, one team on a team. Uh, all those things have gone out the window, and you're just allowed to practice and play. Uh, with the players that you have that will play in the winter, which is what we saw the other day, it was mainly the varsity teams uh, that were you know would represent them in the winter. Do you like that rule? 
<laughs> well, if you don't like it, you better adjust to it because that's the way it is right now. <laughs> doesn't matter if you like it or not. No, it doesn't make any difference. And, I'm, you know, I was on a committee one time with the State High School League, and we were looking to expand to have the, the month of September, or no, I'm sorry, the month of June to be a time where you could work with your kids. It used to be you couldn't even work with your kids. You had to hire, you had to hire or bring in a coach from an opposing school. They could work with your kids. You couldn't even work with your own kids. So we, yeah. all we were doing is jumping around. I was going to Melrose and saying, God, tech coach is coming here. And I was going there. I mean, that's just the way it was. And so now at least the, the coaches have a chance or their assistants for that matter, have a chance to work with the kids in the summer. And, and there's dead periods. This coming week now over July 4th is a dead period for every, for all sports. And so, you know, you got to put the time in. And some people don't like that, but it's really been good for the game, to be very honest, to have high school coaches and high school staffs being able to work with your own team during the summer months. And that's what you, you saw a product of that the other the other night at Anoka Ramsey where, you know, that was there was some great summer basketball team played there, some competitive games. Again with oh, some, come on, you're kidding me. Teams. Wow. I mean, yeah, Minneapolis South is an up and coming. Do you think, though, sometimes it's good for kids to play with four other coaches and with other kids just to, to expand their horizons and see different ways to play the game? Uh, there's no question about that. That there's a, there is a good to the to the AU aspect of it too, where you get to meet uh, other kids from other schools and so forth. The, the bad part about it is there gets to be some recruiting that takes place, and kids jump schools because they kind of like playing yeah. with certain yep. other guys. That's the that's the downside, but. But, you know, there's a good mix going on right now that the best thing a high school coach can do is be cooperative with the AU, and the best thing the AU guys can do is be cooperative with the, you know, with the with the high school guys yep. and, and work it out so that the kids can uh, still play on both levels and hopefully still play other sports for that matter. There's got to be a great cooperation going on amongst amongst all coaches if they really believe in what's happening. You know, Ron, we were talking about the other night we were out there, this dominated the conversation, and we were talking about earlier tonight with the uh, new Big Ten, et cetera. But, but we used to just talk about some of the kids that were playing and who was offering them scholarships. And, and now the conversation goes from who's offering them scholarships, and then the next question is, well, who's going to offer them the most money? I, I never thought we'd get to that. But those were a lot of the conversations the other night, weren't they? Well... <laughs> It's it's gone to people, and, and you know you, you you've been around the block a few times. So have I the people, the good programs always would come up with money under the table. There's no question about that. A lot of times, a, a basketball. <laughs> I had some kids that went with you and <laughs> and playing playing baseball, and they said, "Well, we're the ones that are driving up in the jalopy pickups, but the basketball team drives up in brand new cars." Well, you know, there's something going. <laughs> Let's be honest. Thanks, Clem. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's some things going on. Let's be honest, and 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 uh, and we, and we all know that. Now it's all it's it's technically gone the other way. The things are legal, like you just talked about in your previous conversation with a the guy there. But but uh, but it, that's that's out of hand too. And right now, because you know, I I I had some great conversations a couple of weeks ago with some Division One coaches that were part of the showcase we put on at Eastridge, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, schools are given basketball schools or, or schools are given basketball players of thirteen kids on scholarship two hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars plus a car. I know I can't get over this, but you're right. Those are the numbers you're hearing floated. Like those are and there's are those are real numbers. It's yep. just it's just so so sad. And you know, you just probably saw that it came out here that a, a, a four star quarterback decided to go to Florida for eight hundred fifty thousand 
No, eight, eight point, no, nine point five million dollars. He turned down eleven million dollars in Florida. So I mean, <laughs> it's just, got, it's just so out of hand. It's just crazy. All right. And my son is in the middle of it because he's an eighty at Cal and he's yeah. in charge of the football program. And and there, there's boosters out there saying, you know, we don't mind giving money to the programs. You know, we have right. great Olympic programs with the, you know, the swim. They support the swimming. They support the. They support the baseball programs out there and so forth, but and they certainly support basketball and yeah. women's men's and women's basketball and others. But they don't want to pay players, you no. know. But whereas you get some schools, they're all in that have people that want to that yep. don't mind paying the players. Yep. So it's, it's nuts right now, Mike. It's just absolutely. I, I never thought I'd see all this stuff. Hey, Ron, thank you so much for giving us some time tonight. Hey, keep it, keep, keep up the good work. Always appreciate it. You too, Ron Lars. Nice enough to join us. We'll close out this edition of Sports to the Max when we return. Twins pick it up again tomorrow against the Baltimore Orioles. Henry Lake coming up next. Has the Hammer communicated with you some of the highlights of tonight's show? Uh, no, but I can. They're in a production meeting the last that I saw, so yeah. I didn't want to interrupt it. No, I, I can about imagine. Going over strategies, pacing. Some of that bumper music, do, uh, do you change the tone of it, given the fact that the Twins lost on a walk-off? Does that change it? Uh, all those things are not coming into play. Uh, I know, I can only imagine, I based on what I saw Henry last night in his video, he was not happy. Uh, I can only imagine the reaction that he had today, but then again, it's probably pretty much evergreen, yeah. how everybody's been uh, feeling. But I, I have not, but let me tell you this, he seems to be in good spirits. Well, Hammer. Uh, Henry seems to be in good spirits. I haven't seen Hammer. Okay, well, but, yeah. uh, what we, I'm trying to think what would agitate Hammer this time of year. I don't uh, I know. I mean, maybe got, something you, bad with the Red Wings? or Yeah, I mean. I mean, if the, the Red Wings Se- made a bad deal? Seattle uh, Seahawks didn't sign. I mean, it's a dead time for yeah, NFL. Yeah, maybe, I, I don't know, maybe like Marshawn Lynch, you know, coming back and playing for the uh, for the Seahawks. I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. What, what keeps him up at oh, night this time of year? I, I, you just tell him Drew Locke's going to be your quarterback, and that'll that should keep him up. Yeah, I mean that'll that'll. I don't want to make Hammer mad. Hammer's a good dude. I, no, for sure. I'm, know, I'm, I, but I'm just trying yeah. to think of what will get his attention this time of year. You know, it's funny. I've known Hammer since we both worked at M M&M and N back in two thousand. Two thousand. Two thousand. Twenty two years ago. Uh, I know. Oh man, uh, I don't think I've once like ever seen him angry. I've seen him a little irritated. I don't. Yeah, I'd say a little irritated is as far as I can go with it. I, I don't think I've seen him a little bit irritated. Yeah, yeah. Ha- Hammer. Generally speaking, like if there, there's somebody yeah. young that, that's in doing it, mm-hmm. um, the uh, uh, the um, uh, somebody is just starting out doing their job, and, and 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 they think they know how to do it, and they don't. Yeah. That will irritate Hammer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, people think this is an easy job. It's not an it's it's not an easy job. There, there is. There yeah. are people that make it look like it's easy. Well, you guys do. Yeah, you and Amory make. I mean, I don't even know. All of a sudden, the night's over, right? Yeah, I, I know. See, just just like we're like thirty seconds away. Yeah, is we're that, thirty seconds away from being done, and we just seems like we just started. And I don't even know what you did back there. I, I well, I don't. I know that. you did a lot because I see computers and I see you hitting things, and and I don't even know what you did. I, I don't. I don't either. They're token motions. But but isn't that what you and Hammer do so well? Uh, well, we fake, now he's turning the lights off. Fake it till you make it. See, that's what the good ones do. Mood lighting. Yep, they know what the next show requires, and they go after it, and they get it done, and they get it done right. Here the comes hammer, incense, and, Henry, and everything. Henry Lake coming up next with the hammer helping out. Before they do, I want to tell you this. I, now I'll say this to Hammer and Henry if they're in here.